Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. All right, welcome to another episode of Uncommon Real Estate. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy, uh, Kelly Cook here, who is going to help us understand um, what it was like going from a college football player to college football coach to the real estate world and then building a large team. Uh, anybody that has hung out with me or, or been part of, part of our crew here in the past, understands that, uh, I mean, pretty much half of my analogies are sports analogies. So, because I, I just think that sports and, uh, and real life just collide in so many ways. Um, and so, yeah, I, I always love talking to people that have achieved at a high level in any area of their life. And so, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive in. Kelly, tell us about yourself, where you were, where, you, where you're coming from, where you're at now, and where you're headed. I love it, man. That, that's... Uh... I don't know if we have enough time for that, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, Chris. Um, I'm excited to be on uh, your show here and hopefully you can uh, drop, drop a few uh, nuggets for some people out there. But yeah, so I uh, grew up in Omaha, Nebraska and um, uh, ended up playing, uh, you know, football, playing sports, uh, playing baseball, basketball, tennis, all that stuff. Um, and then uh, in high school, you know, became pretty good at football. And so I had a chance to play at the University of Nebraska, which at the time was you know, even cooler than now, because we were actually really, really good back then, <laughs> but we've been struggling lately. So, um, but no, it, it's, I got a chance to play that, um, and learned a lot through a lot of lessons. I can talk, uh, dive deeper on if you want about, uh, that, how that relates to where we're at today. But, um, uh, from there I got the opportunity, um, you know, I played a little quarterback and receiver there. So I had the opportunity to coach on the offensive side of the football as a graduate assistant coach at Nebraska after I was done playing, which then parlayed into a coaching gig at Ole Miss in the SEC conference the following year, and then and eventually got into real estate. So that's where that's, that, that's kind of a general path of, of what I took. And then, of course, uh, now the real estate team, fast forward to today, real estate team that uh, is, uh, is doing great. We're growing every year, man. I've uh, been doing this 15 years. Had a team for probably, at this point, about – about nine of it, and um, we are we are on pace uh, to hopefully on a sales volume come close maybe to a hundred um, hundred million this year in sales. So that would be uh, amazing. That's so that's awesome. where we're at here today. So get into that hundred million. So yeah, and if anybody has any questions, comments along the way for Kelly or wants to throw any shout outs for Nebraska or Ole Miss or throw any shade at a Nebraska or Ole Miss, you know, now's uh, you throw it in the comment section or the chat box. And we can, uh, we can go from there. So with that said, um, tell me this, what are some of the things as you know, any, anybody that breaks that hundred million mark in real estate, I feel like that's kind of like that, that mark that, that kind of takes you from, from that l level where you know that you've created something that is, is pretty big because that is a hard, hard number to break. And regardless of anything else, it means that that you have some good people working for you. You have a good organization. And honestly, one of the jokes that I always make was, I remember when I would watch people up on stage when, when I was first starting and I would listen to everything and I'm like, dang, 
my, my business is so far from that. It's just like, there's so many messes everywhere. And then all of a sudden I, I got to be one of those people on stage and started hanging out with them and having lunch afterwards. And you find out that everybody on stage, they talk about their, their business like this, like race car. But then when you talk to them at dinner afterwards, you realize it's a race car with like kind of a quasi rusted out engine that they're trying to fix and <laughs> with all the time, even the big ones. So tell me this, how, how has, you know, going from what you're doing with sports to teaching and training, like coaching people at a high level in football um, and sports to teaching and training people in real estate, what are some of the comparisons that you see um, as far as excellence there versus excellence here? Yeah, a lot, actually. I mean, I tell, I think, in fact, uh, I'll just tell you right now, one of our prerequisites is something, I can't say 100%, that'd probably be a lie, but one of our prerequisites to joining our team is we ask the question did you play a team sport in high school or even junior high for that matter right did you play a team sport because then you understand the value that a team can bring if it's a good value and everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction so that's one of the things that we ask and, and if someone says yep then they get it right they get it right away and then it's easy to make a, a sports analogy to them about that kind of stuff but there's a lot of, of um, I mean I, I, I will say this it took me a while to understand that business and sports, you know, to some degree. Uh, it took me a while to figure that out. For example, coaching. Never had a coach for the five years in business or whatever. Uh, something like that. No coach at all. And then one day someone goes, hey, and I was, I was the one who's like, I, I can't pay, you know, the money a month, whatever, for that right now. Uh, I'll do it someday. And then someone, someone said to me one time, they challenged me, he said, look, you played sports your whole life. Did you always have a good coach? Or did I, not always, but I had a coach. Okay, well, the good ones to make you better. Yeah, for sure. So he, uh, an agent, helped me be a better leader as well and to coach my um, agents as well to help them succeed because you have to have success through others to get to that point. Like you said, Chris, trying to get that $100 million mark is, is huge or even anything at 50 or, or 25, but you've got to have help along the way to get you there. You can't scale without it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. When I first got into real estate, everybody kept talking about hiring a coach. And listen, I have some some products that we sell and stuff, but I'm not. We don't sell one-on-one -on -one coaching, so like that's not something that our team, our organization does right now. So that's that's not the piece that we're we're doing. So I just want to say there is no conflict of interest right here. Like understand zero conflict of interest when I say this. You have to have a coach. It is it is foolish to not have a coach and you may say well i don't have any money well here's the deal if you don't have any money you're probably going to get money a lot slower if you don't have somebody helping you and here's why if in in this business right to be even mildly successful it is color by numbers right color by numbers but here's the problem a lot of us have this picture but we don't know which numbers to correlate with which colors so we're guessing and so you get somebody else that can help you and tell you, okay, four equals red, color here, two equals blue. Get somebody that understands that. And here's the thing, all coaches are not created equally. Everybody that's sold 10 houses thinks that they're qualified to sell, to be a coach. That's not true. But here's the other side, you know, Tiger Woods' golf coach is not better than Tiger Woods. Michael Jordan's basketball coach is not better than Michael Jordan. You don't have to be 
like selling more, but you do have to understand the game at a high level. My coach has never sold any of, I've got a number of coaches. None of them have sold, actually one of them sells more than I sell. Um, you know, we're going to sell like probably three and a half to 4 million in GCI this year. Um, and I have one that, that sells more than I sell, but the rest of them don't, but they know how to call me on my crap. They don't let me get rid, get away with stuff. They make me think better. They make me be more, you know, the best in the world understand themselves at a high level. And so that's the thing that the coaches are going to do. And they're going to help you get this. They're going to help you compress the things that you will take decades to learn into years, right? That is why you hire a coach, compress those decades into years. So that's the deal there. So anyway, uh, Kelly, you have any other thoughts on, on coaching and just, just the power of that, what you've seen, I mean, or even anything from your football days, from real estate, anything like that, the power of coaching? Man, you're, you're, you just nailed it, right? I mean, it's going to compress it. Everybody right now is at a point A trying to get to a point B, right? And a different point B is different for, you know, everybody, right? We're all unique. But that coaching is going to, is going to like you said, compress it and get you there much faster. And there's, a, um, there's a business plan um, from a coaching organization that's uh, Tom Ferry. We all probably heard of Tom Ferry. But a long time ago, I downloaded his business plan, which we all should be doing every year, right? And that's coming up here in October. But on the back of his business plan, he has this quote that every year I've seen it there. It says, um, if you are willing to do what no one else will do for the next five to nine years, you can live like no one else for the rest of your life. And that's so true. And I, I tell people who's maybe looking to join our team or even your team, Chris, or any team, I just say, look, we're a vehicle to help you get there faster. So I think if you come on our team, we should be able to get you there in maybe two to five years instead of five to nine years, right? But that's coaching and that's having a system, having a game plan to help get you there. That's, that's, that's huge. I mean, you just, the compression part of it is huge. You get there faster. Yeah. And, and Dave Ramsey says it a little bit different, um, but, but the same thing, and I quote him all the time live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later, right? Yep. You know, so, yep. so that's the whole thing. But the problem is everybody wants short-term gains, short-term benefits, and they're not willing to put in the price. They're not willing to pay the price to be the person that they want to be. And, and that's the whole key here. You got to understand, like the money that comes from success is a byproduct. Um, you know, you get to a point where I, I'm just going to say without – I'm not trying to like high five myself, you know, like, uh, you know, you get to the point where, where it doesn't make that much of a difference if you make an extra hundred bucks or 200 bucks or a thousand bucks or anything like that. Like the money does it, it, but it is a scoreboard, right? It shows it's a byproduct of being excellent. And that's, that's the whole key there that you got to understand is it, it will show up. It'll show up in your bottom line when you, when you learn to be excellent with your business and learn all that stuff. It's like uh, Earl Nightingale, which if you guys have never, ever uh, listened to Earl Nightingale, I think it's called The Strangest Secret or something like that. One of the, just amazing. He talks about uh, success, like the financial benefit. It's like the warmth from, from a fire, right? The, you've got to build the fire so that it comes with heat. You can't get the heat without building a good fire. And the same thing with building a good business and a good organization. So with that said, Kelly, tell, tell me this, um, give me some practical like one, two steps on, let's say somebody wants to go from one deal to 50 deals in a year, or, uh, you know, and I, th well, I think, I think there's the, the marks, you know, one to like 15, 
15 to like 30, 30 to 50. Can you tell us some of the, uh, I feel like those are where you start hitting ceilings, right? Right after those marks. Can you tell us some of the things that you'll tell like a, an agent to go from, from zero to 15 and then the, the next level and the next level? Can you give us a little bit of a, you know, heads up on how you would coach an agent in that place? Because I think, I think everybody tends to struggle with the same things in those chunkings. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it all comes back down to um, leverage while you're still being consistent, right? It's the, uh, it's the power of and, not or, to continue to, to, to do certain things um, very well while you leverage. So, and a lot of that's going to be done, guys. Um, you know, Gary Vee talks about this a lot, right? It is, is your side hustle. Well, your side hustle, hustle doesn't have to be something different than real estate, but you have to do more on the quote-unquote non-business hours to help build systems to help you get to that breakthrough. Because when you hit those ceilings like you talked about, which by the way, have an understanding and just know right now that you will, okay? And that's okay. But when you do, you're gonna take a step back and hopefully go two steps forward. So I, 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 now if you're on a team, hopefully a team has some sort of leverage for you, right? That's a big thing. If you're an individual agent, then you need to find that piece. So if you're, let's say if you're an individual agent, when you get to that first break where you're at 15 or maybe 20 deals and it's getting tough to break past that, then you need to hire a transaction coordinator. And you can do that from an independent standpoint, right? You can hire an independent uh, transaction coordinator that could, you can pay a fee to uh, probably at your office or somewhere um, just to handle all the paperwork, right? The admin stuff, the operation stuff has to be put on the back burner um, in order for you to sell more and grow more. I remember, Chris, I remember when I first got, uh, and I got that point uh, in my, my business when I was uh, fairly new, 30 deals or so, and I had a transaction coordinator I hired. I remember she, there's, there's times she'd be like, okay, I need this document signed if you want your check. And in, in my mind, I'm like, well, the check's already there. So I'm, that's, that's, that's still low priority. I'm gonna go out here and sell and lead generate. But I don't understand why, that's, that's uncommon. Speaking of uncommon real estate, that's uncommon. Because what I, what I found out is that agents, once they have a check there, they stop everything they're doing They'll get a T, a T uh, cross and I dotted and go out of their way. That makes no additional money for them instead of sticking to a schedule and their green time to be able to regenerate. It, it, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. But so yeah, transition coordinator. Then once you get to the next level, you know, um, that you can go a long ways with a good transition coordinator, by the way. But then when you get to the next level, it may be another marketing assistant, right? Somebody's going to help you part-time. I would start part-time to help you do some marketing stuff to um, be able to help grow to that next level, right? With, with some leverage, right? Because you can only lead generate so much, you need some marketing as well out there too. So that's, that's, that's my, my process, you know, from a small standpoint. That's great, that's great. Yeah, you know, Renee saying that uh, struggling as a new agent with only two. Um, and what I would just say is this, um, remember every time that we, we level up, it's, it's hard, right? You, you hit these, these places where you either break and shrink back, like hit these breaking points and shrink back or you bust through. And so, um, you know, that I think about working out, right? Like if, if you're sore, it means you're, you're, you're at a place where you're, you're getting better. If you're not sore, you're comfortable and your routine probably needs to change a little bit. Right. Yeah. hundred yeah, so, percent. I, I think that's a big thing. I think a lot of people go, Holy crap. I'm to, I'm to this uh, point. And why am I not doing anything anymore? Getting any better? Well, first of all, you ask yourself, are you maximizing your own time, right? Every one of us can do a side hustle. Um, I remember I spent time and time and time trying to figure out what my systems would be to map that out, thinking with the end in mind, and then you take the time to build it. So 
up at 5 a.m. building systems, recording videos, all this stuff, so that someone else then can take the reins and run that system. Because, you know, if you look at the, um, if you read the MREA book, right, we all kind of know about that in real estate, no matter what brokerage we're at, the Millionaire Real Estate book, the biggest mistake people overlook is the fact that their first hire, a lot of times, if they make the right first hire correctly, which is supposed to be a transaction coordinator, administrative assistant, the next hire they make after that, everyone always goes to the buyer agents, always. And if you read that book, it talks about your second hire not being a buyer's agent, being another administrative assistant of some sort that can do marketing like we kind of talked about, whether on your payroll or not, because why? Because you're the best sales agent. So you need to maximize your time until you can no longer sell any more houses and meet with any more clients. Then you leverage the leads and your sphere of influence, your database out to someone else who's talented that can take on the sell side while still being supported by your admin staff. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I love that. So, so uh, the, three, the two things that we've hit so far – um, that you got to understand. So I want everybody to be able to have like a win that they can take away. If you don't have a coach, go get a coach. I don't care if you don't have money. I promise you, you're not going to get money if you don't do it. But, but again, by getting a coach, it proves that you're being coachable because right now we're coaching you saying, go get a coach, be coachable. So if you're not coachable anyway, if you know, we tell you to get a coach and you get a coach and you don't do what they tell you, you know, or have other reasons or excuses or all the other stuff, you're not going to make any money anyway. And then you're throwing away your money. So don't do it if, unless you're going to listen. Um, so that's one. Number two, if you don't have somebody helping you transaction coordinator, get a transaction coordinator, all these things. If you're a new agent, you know, you can join a team, but make sure you, it's a great team. There's so many terrible teams out there. Just make sure it's a great team, great leadership. You also get coaching from a good team. So you can do that too. So that's, that's for the newer agents. Um, you know, and, and you got to understand that'll get you from, you know, Peter Thiel calls it zero to one. That'll get you there, um, get you moving, get you in inertia. Winning begets winning. And then the next thing that I want to talk about. So Kelly, you, you said this the other day, which I really, really loved. Um, you said in the mornings, you've got to earn your shower. Can you, uh, can you talk about that? Cause I, I just, I really thought about that a lot. I really like that. You know, I've got a really strong morning routine and it, my morning routine changed my life. It helped me level up dramatically, but can you, uh, can you talk to me about earning your shower? Absolutely, man. I love it, Chris. Uh, I think everybody who has a, uh, uh, is successful at all, um, has a lot of qualities, but one of them is winning the morning. Right. Um, and you and I chat about this a little bit. Um, I think we all have to some degree, the general routine down, but there's little unique things in that routine that make us all kind of unique in what we like to do or how we have the most success to get our juices going in the morning. One of those things that I love is working out. And I think everyone has to do that. Um, we, I know another agent who's actually pretty successful right now, but they're kind of burned out. And I was talking to that agent about, you know, let me, what's your morning routine like? And he said, I do this. I'm at the office by, you know, 530 and I'm blah, 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 trying to hit the expireds and this and that. And I go, great. When are you working out? Oh, I don't, I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm, I'm grinding. I go, okay, but hold on. You got to grind, but you have to have a balance of some of these different things. So the Miracle Morning book, um, how, how Elrod is amazing and talks about the SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S as an acronym of things you should do for your routine. One of them is the E is exercise. And he, what he says is you, should, you need to earn your shower. So you don't earn the right when you wake up in the morning to go into the shower and wake up that way. No, sir. No, 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 no. You wake up by brushing your teeth, brushing your teeth first with your non-dominant hand to get that side of your brain going. 
That's what okay. I, I want everybody, you, you skipped over that when we were talking before, you said it really fast. So I want everybody to get that. How did, how that changes your morning, how it wakes you up. Can you say that again, just so that everybody, because I think this is, it's so small, but, but you know, we win in the inches, right? So can you tell us about that? Just, just say that one more time so people get it. Absolutely. So when you wake up, you, you don't hit snooze or maybe give yourself one, right? Uh, and then you're like, oh, what do I do? I get up, what do I do? I'm confused, I'm discombobulated, right? You walk to the bathroom, and if you're really good, you already have like the toothpaste out next to the toothbrush ready to roll. Um, and then you start brushing your teeth while you're half asleep in the dark or light, doesn't matter, with your non-dominant hand as that starts waking up your opposite side of your brain. So I, I love that too. It gives you somewhere, you know when you wake up where exactly where you're gonna go. And that's what you do. And then from there, you have, you know, the, like savers is like you have affirmations, visualization, uh, you have uh, meditation or prayer, right? Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian guy, so I like to pray and I read two chapters of my Bible every single morning with my, my reading part, which is the R. Uh, but you have to earn your, sh your shower. So you have to exercise. And he talks about, I don't care if it's 15 minutes of just doing some push-ups and sit-ups and maybe some jumping jacks in your house, your bedroom, right? Everyone can do that. Get a, just a, get a little bit of heart rate up, get a little sweat going, and then that's when you get to earn your shower in the morning. Oh, that's awesome. Guys, everybody, please get this success leaves clues. And so often we can act like, like no, 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 I don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. But look at everybody who's my – somebody's going to send me somebody someday. I haven't gotten one yet. But at some point that where they're not a morning person and they're wildly successful. But I'll tell you, I've not found that person yet. And I'll – so, yeah, all I'm saying is success leaves clues. Across the board, all the people that I respect – over and over and over again and say, man, like they are a great beacon that I want to run towards. You know, they win their morning. So boom. Yeah, Chris, I, Chris I, I'll say this. I, I heard, uh, you know, it actually was, it was Cody Gibson year. I mean, years ago, he was talking, he goes, and, and uh, he goes, I challenge anyone in this room to name me one person, you know, that is very successful that wakes up consistently after 6am in the morning. And it's funny because I never thought about it. No one ever challenged me with that question before whatsoever. And then I, was, I started thinking about it and thinking about it. I couldn't. And no one else in the entire room could. And that's 6 a.m. That's not even 5 or 5.30. That's 6. And he's, he's dead right. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the whole thing. And, and Gary Keller talks about that in the, uh, you know, in the one thing. You know, what is it? Like, you've got to find out what are the things that if I do this, everything else will what, – what, what is the phrase? That everything else – well, essentially fall into place. Uh, it, it, it's irrelevant. What, what, what it's, is the phrase? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the phrase is, uh, what's the one thing I do in by doing so? Um, make, oh, man, it makes everything else irrelevant or it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that, that is, that, that's the, the kind of idea. So if, if you win that morning, then you're going to win the day. And, and this is what I say over and over and over again, because oftentimes we get to the end of the year, we say, dang, I was short on my goals. Well, I'm just going to try harder next year, you know, but, but we don't realize. And that's where like some of these books, some of my favorite books, and I'll, I'll say a few of these books, Scrum, 12 week year, um, you know, the, like Clockwork, all of these books talk about compressing into shorter goals rather than longer goals so that you can see where they are. But if we go to win the day, win the morning, if you win your morning, you're going to win your day. 
If you win your day, you're going to win your week. If you win your weeks, you're going to win your, your months. If you win your months, you're going to win your years. And then you can look back and say, I won. And actually, a friend of mine was just talking about Nick Saban again. Um, and, and he was just talking about, he's like, if we win every play, we're going to win the series. If we win the series, you know, we're going to win the quarter. If we win the quarter, we're going to win the games. Uh, you know, if we win every quarter, we're going to win every game. If we ever win every game, we're going to win the, you know, the championship. And that's that whole thing. You break it down, break it down, break it down. And uh, then you, then you know that you can win. But so often we, we have these big goals, but we don't break it down into to winning these smaller, smaller pieces. Yeah. I would say one thing on that too, there's, there's uh, research uh, proven and Gino Wickman, a couple of his books talks about this, talks about the human brain can only stay motivated uh, for a given time of 90 days out at maximum. So like when we, we business plan, which is coming up again, right, for 2021, you know, what we do is we break it, we, we make sure we don't skip over the quarter, right? A lot of people go from month and then win the month, win the year. Quarter is huge because especially if someone gets behind the first quarter, let's say, and their goal is like, oh, man, man now, now, the, now the goal gets real big, right? It's, it's like a big, huge mountain to climb instead of a hill. And then they just kind of lose track like, ah, I, I can't overcome that because my yearly goal is so big now at this point. But if you break it down for the quarter and say, okay, you know, you, you, you want to make, uh, try to make, you know, you know $80,000 for the year or whatever, right? And you're 20 a quarter. Well, if you're mid-February and you're behind, okay, what can we do to turn this, turn this, this speedboat around now at this point so that you can hit 20 by end of March instead of, well, you're getting behind now. You got to get 100 by end of the year or 80 by end of the year. So um, I think that's a big important thing too. All right. So we've given a bunch of small things to do to get wins. Now we're here. Uh, we've got three minutes left in, in what we're doing today. How about this? Give us one thing every single person listening can do to get one more transaction. And the reason we're saying one more, because we're talking about breaking down to the small. Peter Thiel, founder of Pay- PayPal, wrote a book called Zero to One, which is really great. That talks about that, that next one, that first one, like that, that you, you get momentum and winning always begets winning you know, inertia kicks in and man, it's so much easier in airplane. The hardest the engine works is to get off the ground and then you hear them dial it back and it's still going as fast. So what is it that you can give us today that, that if we started doing this, will get us our next transaction. Can you like break it down? So granular. Okay. You ready for this? You ready? Ready. ready. <laughs> okay. Oh. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Now stay with me. It's not gonna be what you think it is at the beginning. If you, have, if you have a listing, then you need to sit in open house this weekend. Um, if you don't, you need to find somebody in your brokerage or not, get their permission, and sit that house open. Now, I have a, we have a whole plan we're going to go through the open house, but I'm not going to talk about it right now necessarily. But here's the, the, the unique factor. When the open house is over, let's say your house you're sitting open is a, a, a two-story house with a two-car garage, Okay. When the open house is over, you have your leave behind pieces ready to go that you printed out through, you know, wherever you're, wherever you, how you get your flyers, okay? You're going to go knock on the closest 30 doors after, not before, after the open house. And if you're sitting in a two-story, two-bet, two-car garage uh, house, you're going to go to every single house on the block, let's just keep it simple here, that is a single-story home. And you're going to knock on the door, and you're going to, when they answer, you're going to say, you're going to introduce yourself and, you know, take a couple steps back, of course, right? And you're going to say, hey, I'm so-and-so. You probably saw my signs out here. Uh, I was doing an open house from one to four today. Had great traffic. Um, 
yet we had a guy or gal, family, whatever, come in who is looking in this neighborhood for a single story home. The house I'm sitting on Main Street, that, that's a two story home, but you have a single story home. Have you ever thought of selling? He's willing to pay market value or more. Fair. And that, that has been great for us because nobody does this after the open house. They always do it before. That's interesting. Okay. So afterwards you say, Hey, we're looking for something that's different than this one. We have, you know, you knock on the doors and ask it. Wow. That's great. That's great. And uh, one of the things I've learned with open houses is a lot of times, I, I mean, this was something that, that opened my mind, uh, you know, dramatically was almost every time I've gone on a listing presentation, has that person talked about going to another open house saying, Oh yeah, I saw that one. Cause I went to an open house. Have you, have you noticed that or is it just me? <laughs> no, not just you. I've noticed that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, like they've been to other open houses and what does that teach us? You know, we can be like so dense, right? But if that teaches us is if they're going to sell their house sometime in the next year, they're going to be in the open house calling themselves a nosy neighbor, just checking it out. And for years, I just wrote those people off. And then I realized like these are listing presentations waiting to happen. The, no, the quote nosy neighbors. And yeah, I got a lot of listings out of that too. So boom, two things, open houses, get those done. That is, uh, that's incredible. Kelly, this is, this is excellent. Hey man, um, one, one last quick question here. Do you like referrals? I love referrals. <laughs> awesome. If someone wanted to send you some referrals, where are you located and how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Hey, I, I appreciate it. I am located in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, we service pretty much the entire Phoenix, Arizona area. Our team does. So if you have anybody looking to buy a second house or a great place for a winter house or a retiree, we'd love to help them out. So I appreciate it. And, and thank you for putting up with the darkness here. We're taking off at the airport here in a second. So my family here is headed to the airport. So I apologize, but. All good. All good. All right. So, and, uh, and what did you say? What's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Thank you. Uh, 480-227-2028 is my cell. And my email is kelly at kellycookhomes.com. And one of the things that I have loved and, and served me very well when I, uh, when I was getting started was people that I, I would listen to on podcasts oftentimes said that they're, they're okay. If somebody wanted to pick their brain or learn from them or something like that, that they'd be okay with it. Would you be all right if somebody wanted to reach out just – Say, man, Kelly sounds like he's got his stuff together. I'd, I'd love to just hear from him. Uh, would you be all right if, if people reached out? Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. You get by giving. The Go-Giver book is amazing. Absolutely. Be happy to, guys. Boom. All right. Well, hey, if you've not joined our Facebook group, Uncommon Real Estate, please join. I literally want to, just like you're saying, uh, I want to give as much as possible. Um, so any questions anybody has, post it in there. I'll interact with those questions. Any topics or anybody that you would like to see on in future episodes, please uh, you know, feel free to message me in there or, or say something that you'd like to see in there. We'll get it done. And I'll tell you what, Kelly is a stud, great guy. Definitely reach out to him. And uh, so glad we could join, join hanging with you guys. Kelly, thanks so much, brother. Enjoy your trip. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much, man. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Please give us a big review on the, on the podcast and download Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com. 